0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sharp Lessons Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Ben Wittenstein next to me, the professor, the great Nate Jacobson. And Nate, it uh, feels like it's been a while. Since we last did a podcast, actually sitting next to each other and not uh, over Skype.
1: Yeah, I think two weeks. Last week there was some some weather in Chicago and uh, we did it from home over Skype like the old days and now we're back in the office just about two feet away from each other ready (laughs) to talk about all the games for NFL Week 17 and also the big college football bowl games this weekend. So we'll talk about Friday. If there's anything we like Saturday, I think we're going to talk about there and then also any Monday games because January 2nd is some of the uh, normal January 1st games with the NFL monopolizing Sunday, just kind of like how they did last week with the NBA. The NFL just monopolized a day that that is usually meant for other sports. Yeah,
0: and I I I didn't mind last week, but I I do not like that we have to wait until January 2nd to watch the Rose Bowl, to watch some of these normal New Year's Day games. It just feels out of whack. It feels weird that we're going to have to wait until Monday. It's just gonna be uh it's gonna be a little bit weird feeling. I don't love it. I, I didn't mind the NFL taking over last week, but college football should take over January first, and they are not this year. So it's gonna it feels kinda weird.
1: And I don't think we're gonna talk about this game, but actually the the big game on January second that overshadows the Rose Bowl and whatever else that day. Yeah. Uh Bill's Spangles, Monday night football. Interesting. So that is one of the games of the year. It's actually pretty amazing that Monday night football has such a good game lay in the year because they don't flex any games. This is all pre-scheduled stuff. And there's a lot of playoff implications in that game where the Bengals can get as high as the one seed. Um, They could also not win the division based on some some other results and having to play the Ravens in Week 18. So that's actually that Monday where you're thinking Rose Bowl and I think the – Maybe the citrus, not the citrus bowls. There's another couple bowl games that day. Yeah, you've got that Rose Bowl, the
0: Cheez It Citrus Bowl, yeah, uh, Cotton Bowl, and the Cotton Real bowl. Quest Bowl.
1: That's what I'm thinking about. We'll we'll talk about the uh, Real Quest Bowl in a little bit. That's the uh, game match I'm most looking forward to. But yeah, the NFL kind of uh, kind of dominates the whole weekend, even though it's. Uh, college football have it usually this time of year
0: yeah it really is but we do have a lot of bowl games to get to of course and we've got uh, NFL picks follow us on uh, stadium bets we're going to be doing some fun stuff on stadium bets in 2023 Nate we got uh, I got some uh, sports betting die that we're going to be using so uh, that should be kind of interesting we're going to let the gambling gods direct us onto what bets we're going to make for the night so we'll be making some fun video content on uh, the stadium bets twitter account be sure to follow that but, hey, we got, we got both picks going on. We got a lot of games for uh, uh, this coming week into next week. Uh, so we can start with, let's see, what, what games? I mean, I would love to go kind of in order. but Yeah,
1: let's start with your picks because I think you actually have the, uh, the earliest games compared to me. You have a Friday game and then two early uh, Saturday games, and I'll go into my picks.
0: All right, so let's start with mine. I'll go with uh, this game is taking place on Friday. So Pittsburgh-UCLA. It's going to be the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Very excited about that. Love that Tony the Tiger is sponsoring its own little Sun Bowl. But I'm going to take UCLA minus seven. And this line, Nate, has moved – A little bit since uh, we even wrote about it a couple days ago. It was minus 5.5 in favor of UCLA. Now it looks like even more players are opting out for Pittsburgh. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson looks like he's probably going to play for UCLA, which is what this line indicates. So I'm going to take the Bruins. I don't love that I have to lay the 7. I would have much rather have minus 5.5. But as long as it stays under 7 points uh, or 7 or under, I'm going to take it just because, A, Pittsburgh has a lot of opt-outs in this game. They're going to be missing their starting quarterback. They're going to be missing a bunch of... Of defensive players, some NFL caliber defensive players they're going to be missing. They're starting a fifth year senior um, named Nick Patty, who got a chance last year in their bowl game. Played decently well, and because he's been there forever, you know he's kind of that veteran presence. He's been around the offense and the team a lot. But, again, he's no Keaton Slovis. So Pittsburgh's going to be struggling on the offensive side. Defensively, they're going to be a mess, and that is not a side of the ball you want to be bad at against UCLA, who uh, is just a run-and-gun offense. We know how good Dorian Thompson-Robinson can be from betting him all this entire season. Chip Kelly's offense is just go, go, go. Long passes, Dorian Thompson-Robinson can run the ball as well. This is going to be a tough offense for Pittsburgh to stop with how depleted they're going to be. I love it at minus five and a half. I like it at minus seven. I would probably bet it uh, less and less units up to nine and a half for UCLA, but once it gets into double digits, I'd probably back off. But I do like UCLA minus seven, so that's going to be my sumbo pick.
1: Yeah, that would be a fascinating game if this was a regular season game just because UCLA is all offense and... And Pitt likes to play defense, and I think Pat Narduzzi prefers not to score and make games ugly. So, yep. obviously, it's a little bit different. This is a Friday early game in El Paso, Texas, so who's going to get up for this game? As you mentioned, Pitt has a lot of opt-outs, and that's why we've seen this line climb towards a touchdown. As I think it was as low as three and a half last week, but with DTR looking like he's going to play, uh, UCLA has taken a lot of money in the last 48 hours, so... Don't knock you on that, but yeah, at a certain point, I'd be careful. Um, I, I actually would stop at minus seven because once it's more than a possession, you don't you just don't know. Maybe DTR plays a little bit, and then the, I, don't, I don't know. It just there's a lot of uncertainty in this game where I wouldn't go uh, too out of control with following some of the steam that we've seen.
0: Can I also mention the motivation factor for Chip Kelly and UCLA? Chip Kelly has yet to get a bowl win. It's crazy as UCLA's head coach, which is insane to think about. They had a chance sure. last season. Bowl game got canceled because of COVID. So this is his true one chance. And you talk about motivation factors. I'd imagine Chip Kelly knows <laughs> that this is kind of the uh, dark cloud hanging over him. He's yet to win a bowl game as a UCLA head coach. Probably going to be trying his hardest. And especially now, it seems like his players have also bought into that, considering the minimal amount of opt-outs
1: for UCLA. And he, had a, he put together a nice recruiting class, including a uh, five-star quarterback, true freshman, or will be a true freshman next year. Dante Moore from detroit got him to flip from Oregon. So I think, uh, yeah, I think Chip Kelly is going to want to ride that momentum after putting together a nice recruiting class, knowing that USC is uh, always going to be the giant in town, but that UCLA can be a formidable competition for them in the future.
0: All right, so we can keep going. Uh, I guess we're going to go on. We don't have any more December 30th matchups. December 31st. I have a a play in the Music City Bowl, Nate, Yeah, which is this is honestly more of um, this is just because the number and it's going to be the over in the Iowa Kentucky game. That total is as low as 31 right now, Nate, and um, I'm going to take the over. You know why? Because bowl games get ridiculous. Bowl games get stupid. I know Iowa is not even playing their starting quarterback, who is bad to begin with, and Kentucky has offensive issues as well. And Iowa's defense is really good, <laughs> so this number obviously is very low. But I'm just there is a, a lot of poor play that has to happen in bowl games, which historically crazy things have happened, especially in Music City Bowl. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the over here, over yeah, 31.
1: I, I'm nothing to add. I have no stats to pick this up. Will Levis opted out, uh, no surprise there. Spencer Petras is hurt, or maybe he's graduating, one of the two. And Alex Padilla, Iowa's backup, who saw a little bit of time this season is in the transfer portal, I believe. I don't know if he's landed anywhere or he's looking. But, yeah, I mean, this is not surprising to see a total this low with Mm. these two teams who – Iowa, obviously, we know how bad their offense is. We don't have to talk about that too much. But Kentucky offensively kind of disappointed this year under Will Levis. And and I know they're bringing in Devin Leary for their team next year. So maybe there's some excitement about Kentucky's offense for next year, but certainly not in this game. Early start New Year's or, yeah, New Year's Eve day, I guess morning in, in Nashville crazy I, stuff can I am, happen i have nothing i have nothing maybe
0: I, we get like three pick sixes from the iowa defense <laughs> you that's get that's right might be, that might be
1: your, your that might be your path
0: you get 21 points yeah it's going to be a uh, joe labis i believe is how you pronounce his name for iowa the yeah. uh, red shirt freshman his first college game his backup is a true freshman carson may who will also have not have played at all uh collegiately so uh, really flying by the seat of their pants here for Iowa. Um, hopefully it's their defense that can score them a few points. But 31, you almost have to play, like, unbelievable defense without scoring at this point for both these teams, You know, I, especially with someone who's coming in who has not played college football yet. Some pick sixes on either side. You can get the over 31. That's a fun sure. little play to, to back. Uh, let's see. You've got a yeah. play for New Year's so Eve.
1: Let's, let's go to the playoff games. And let's go start with your game first because that's the first game of the uh, the selection where you have uh, making a case for the for Michigan and unlike that uh, yeah. that over in the Iowa Kentucky game where I don't fully agree on or or at least wouldn't a bet, on, bet or tail <laughs> you I actually might tail you I think that's a really strong look for yeah. the Fiesta Bowl which is the kind of the middle game of the day in terms of bowls, but the first of the college football playoff semifinal on Saturday.
0: Well, all right, Nate. So we all know 7.5 for this type of game. Michigan's favored by TCU over a touchdown. I don't love that extra hook. I don't love 7.5, especially as we talk about in a game that's probably going to be fairly close, at least through a half of football. 7.5 doesn't look super enticing to me on on Michigan's side. So what I'm going to do instead of betting Michigan at minus 7.5 for the full game I'm going to do something that Michigan has done well all season long, and that is bet the maize and blue in the second half. I'm going to take their second half spread. I saw one spot you can get at minus three and a half. Uh, a couple of places have it at minus four, so I'll grade this at minus four. So Michigan's second half spread minus four is going to be the play for this game for me. Michigan is second in the nation in second half points per game. They score 21 points in the second half per game. This season, They're also first in the nation defensively in the second half, only giving up 5.7 points a game. So what really happens for the Mason Blue this year is they just, they pound their opponent into the ground. They wear them down. Their offensive line, their defensive line, they play so well in the trenches. Their running game beats down their opponent defensively that by the time the third quarter and especially the fourth quarter uh, roll around, their opponent's just dead. Their legs are dead, their muscles are dead, they're slower, and that's when Michigan just attacks. And I think that's what's going to happen. I can see TCU, especially with how talented offensively they are, really keep up with with Michigan for a half or so. They can have some big plays, maybe a couple deep shots here and there. But the second half comes around, TCU, especially in their defensive side, where they're not super great defensively, especially last season where Michigan played Georgia, a great defensive team. That's not what TCU is this year. So I think defensively they're gonna get worn down. Michigan's defense is gonna take advantage, maybe get a takeaway here and there in the second half. And then the Michigan offense is just gonna run all over the Horn Frogs come fourth quarter. So I'll take Michigan spread minus four in the second half.
1: Yeah, this makes a lot of sense and so definitely look around at different sports books because not not everyone might not offer it. Yeah,
0: there's only two or three right now that's offering it.
1: But I could see a scenario where if it is kind of a close game in the first half, that when they reopen the live line or the or the second-half spread alone, that this opens maybe minus four and quickly gets bet up, and people knowing yeah. that Michigan is such a successful second-half team. So I think if you can lock it in now, as, as long as you think the game might be close to start, I think the one of the worries would be if Michigan does get out to a big lead and they might not yep. be pushing it offensively and TCU can kind of get some garbage-time points late to cover a second-half number then maybe just bet Michigan to cover the spread full game. But if you do think it might be a little bit closer to start, which I could see a path that happening, kind of some nerves for Michigan, TCU kind of having nothing to lose just because they weren't expected to be here, and that Michigan second half once they get settled in and as you say or you said kind of impose their will on the game as we saw in their last two games against Ohio State and Purdue
0: yeah and this is also something too if you think it's going to be close at halftime I would bet Michigan's spread now for the second half because oh, you know sure. say they're up a field goal yeah. even if they're down at halftime especially if they're yeah. down at halftime that's going to be like minus six and a half probably for the second half but even if it's close if they're up by a field goal or so You might get the same number, but this is a big thing. Everyone knows Michigan is a second-half team, especially with the way that they play. Take take their second-half spread now while you can. I don't trust seven-and-a-half, but I do trust Michigan getting the job done in half number two at only minus four.
1: Definitely. So I'll go with my college bets. You you just gave three out. Yeah. And we're going to start with the Saturday night game, one of the more anticipated college football semifinals that I could remember just because – a lot of these semifinal games are kind of – some of them are big spreads and we kind of know who's going to win. I feel like in both games there's at least some uncertainty where both games could be close. And I actually think this game's going to be really close and Ohio State's going to have an opportunity to win this game. They've been kind of trending plus 6.5, plus 7. Every time a plus 7 appears, it gets back down to 6.5. So yeah. kind of interesting to see where the line goes on game day. If, if you haven't bet Ohio State yet, I actually might wait to see if you do get that plus 7 on Saturday when the game starts but in general I think this is kind of a buy low opportunity on Ohio State there's a lot of overreaction in the point spread after what happened against Michigan the last game where Ohio State I thought was okay early on in the game they had Mm -hmm. a chance to maybe get out to a bigger lead and put Michigan in a lot of pressure they didn't do that they settled for some field goals and then Michigan just hit them with these explosive plays whether it was JJ McCarthy in the passing game, or Donovan Edwards late, and the game kind of got out of control. But down to down, I thought Ohio State's defense was okay. And if this game was played kind of before that really poor showing against Michigan, at least on the scoreboard, I think this spread would be closer to Georgia minus three in a game like this. So yeah. I think it's kind of a overreaction, and the gap uh, between these two teams is, is too much with what's indicated in the odds. Ohio State still has a lot of talent. Obviously, they're going to have to play a lot better and maybe almost a perfect game by finishing the red zone and limiting those uh, explosive plays that Michigan had on them, which I think is possible. When it's you know Stetson Bennett and Georgia's offense, it's not you know the high flying offense. It's a great offense and they're very efficient, but they do it in in different ways than some other of the best offenses or highest upside offenses in college football. So I really do think Ohio State's live to win this game. I'd wait to take the plus seven and make that a pretty strong play. I also was looking at the national title futures, and you can get Ohio State as good as plus 360. I think regardless about go. who wins this game, or whoever wins this game is going to win it all. That's my opinion. Really? I think Georgia, if they win, they show out well that they're going to be primed to you know beat whoever it is, Michigan or TCU. But if Ohio State wins, then there will be like full belief in Ohio State, and in a rematch against Michigan, they'll have a lot more success in that game. So... Ohio State plus 360 to win the title is something I actually bet because I think whoever wins this game is going to win it all. So Ohio State, wait off for that plus seven, a little bit of money line if you if you want to go that direction, but also a bigger picture bet of them to win the national title. Knowing if they do win this game, the perception of them is going to be kind of right where it was or if even higher to what we thought of them before the season because right now I feel like this is as low as the Buckeyes have been in a couple years.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a really good spot in terms of buying low. And and I I just – it's interesting because you don't usually see Ohio State get whooped the way they did against Michigan, so you don't necessarily have a history of how does Ohio State bounce back after getting absolutely killed in a big game. So you don't really have that, but what you can expect is probably – going back up to the norm for for Ohio State. So I think this is a probably a pretty good bet for the number that you can get them at. Um, I like it. And I never I never liked to root for Ohio State. I don't think I'm going to put a bet on Ohio State. I don't want my money anywhere near the Buckeyes. But if I'm well, going to take anyone in this game, I would probably be Ohio State because you're just getting the points. And it's going to be closer, I think, than people
1: think. As a Big Ten grad, don't you want to see a, a Michigan-Ohio State rematch at SoFi Stadium on a Monday, January 9th? Part
0: of me wants to, but as more of a Michigan fan... I don't think Michigan survives a second second game against Ohio State. It's very tough to beat the same team twice in the same season, let alone Ohio, Ohio State, State. plus three sixty. It
1: is then. <laughs> yeah, if you that win would, this game, they're yeah. gonna, uh, you know, they'll be a favorite against Michigan, even though Michigan yes. did win the earlier meeting. As Ohio they should.
0: State. Again, it's tough. It's tough to be. Right. I mean, same Ohio team State twice. was
1: minus. I mean, without quorum, our quorum like super limited. I think Ohio State closed like nine and a half in Columbus. Yeah. Against Michigan, like that was a game that they they really should have won. I think in live betting they were as high as minus 14.5 because I was looking at some numbers. Like Michigan was like 5-1 to one to win the game. so Crazy. I mean, it was there for Ohio State. It kind of felt like one of those games where they were messing around a little bit and they bounced back in the second half. But Michigan, as you mentioned, yep. a good second-half team they were able to uh, – Definitely make all the big plays in that game and and make the scoreboard look a lot worse than it was for the Buckeyes, in my opinion. Obviously, Georgia has a lot of upside, and they have the ability to blow out a team. They've they've played two games at Atlanta this year against Oregon and LSU, and they won rather easily, so they're familiar with the building. Ohio State fans will travel, but there will probably be slightly more Georgia fans at this game. But I I think Ohio State's just kind of in a a different tier than like those Oregon and uh, LSU teams. Um, And if they didn't lose to Michigan, we'd be thinking about them higher. Let's do your final
0: bet, and this is actually after New Year's Day. Uh, It is on January 2nd. It's going to be the first day of the game, 11 a.m. on that Monday. Mississippi State, Illinois.
1: Yeah, a lot of narrative in this game. Um, unfortunately, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach passed away yeah. a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks after the season, um, had a heart attack. And I, I really think Mississippi State is going to rally to play for a, to rally around, for play a head for Mike coach Leach? who was super popular, super engaging, kind of a, a true national treasure in terms of college football. And he had a lot of notable quotes, but he also – yeah. kind of inspired a lot of these players to maybe weren't the highest recruits, and he developed players in this offense that he ran. So uh, Mike Leach, uh, an amazing legacy he's left behind. I feel like Mississippi State is going to be really focused for this game in Tampa Bay the day after New Year's Day. But at the other side, Illinois, a team that I would have looked to – wanted to bet on in bowl games just because they're excited to be in a bowl – and they had such a good season. However, a lot of opt-outs on the Illini side. Uh, Chase Brown, the most notable, their star running back, who actually matters for them. And then another blow for Illinois, losing defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, who took the head coaching job at Purdue. Walters did a great job with that Illinois defense. And I think last week, or maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about how teams who lost their defensive coordinator, who like relied on their defense the year before, really fell off. And that the example was Oklahoma State. And I uh, can't think of the other team off the top of my head, but uh, teams that like lose an important coordinator to another job are going to regress. I can see Illinois maybe regressing next season, and then also in this game losing a great defensive mind in Ryan Walters to Purdue. So a lot of narrative, as I mentioned. I think Mississippi State plays an inspired game for Mike Leach. You can get them minus one, pick them, minus 110 money line. So I'm on Mississippi State on Monday
0: makes sense? It really does. It's 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 a bit of a narrative play, but it makes sense on a narrative level. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Let's do some NFL bets, Nate, on to Sunday. We have a couple. Uh, we have two of the same bets. We both looked at this game and came to the same conclusion. Then you have a couple more. I only have two for this weekend that I really do like. But we can start with the one that we both like, yep. and that is going to New England, the Miami Dolphins at plus three. No Tua Otago Viloa because of a concussion. Who knows how long they're going to keep him out also, by the way. Probably should keep him out the rest of the year, but Teddy Bridgewater is stepping in. For Tua, and we know that Teddy is a more than serviceable backup. He's got a great against the spread record. He can use his legs. He can use his arm. He, he's more than serviceable for this Miami team. This isn't the first time, too, that he started for the Dolphins this season. He knows the playbook, knows the team. Players know him. It shouldn't be too much of a drop off, I don't think, uh that we're seeing. With the Dolphins getting points and with Teddy Bridgewater is just absolutely insane against the spread numbers. I like Dolphins plus 3 and I, and I, I just the Patriots just aren't a good enough team that they should be laying points with pretty much anyone, let alone a team that's really good in their own division. And I'll give you this before you make your points, I wanted to give out these numbers because they are kind of ridiculous for Teddy Bridgewater against the spread. He's 19 and 3 against the spread on the road in his career. He's 26 23 and 6 against the spread as an underdog. And as a road dog, mate, he's 18 and two against the spread. As a road underdog, he has only lost two games against the spread when he goes on the road as an underdog, which he is doing this Sunday. Let's take the Dolphins plus three.
1: Yeah, this is a game I didn't have really much interest in betting on until the the Tua news that he was in the concussion protocol and wasn't going to bet the Dolphins as a, as a short favorite, New England, and didn't want any really part of the New England side. I was on them last week and they had that crazy comeback, but. There was a lot of luck to get to that point for the Patriots. So it's a team I don't really want to bet on in the first place. And now that they're a three-point favorite with a struggling offense, a game with a low total. And I think in a one-game scenario, Teddy Bridgewater can be good enough with the weapons he has around him and Hill and and Waddle who who seem healthy. And I don't know. I I think the Dolphins are going to come to play on a four-game losing streak, really need this game in terms of the AFC playoff implications because you don't want to go into a – Potential win or you're out scenario against the Jets in Week 18, which is kind of what's lining up to be. So yeah, I like the uh, I like the Dolphins here at plus three. If it's two and a half, I would pass. Honestly, I think three is just really important. Yep. In this kind of game, so I bet some plus three when it popped up yesterday. I think there's a chance you can go back there before Sunday's kickoff.
0: And you know what I will say about this, because I try to be a moral upstanding citizen when it comes to betting, and I usually try to actually place the bets on the bets that I give out. I'm going to say this now. I will not be placing a bet on Dolphins plus three. I think it's the right move, but I have Dolphins team win total under nine and a half. That's right. And I got real lucky and felt real happy about the Packers beating them last week. So they're stuck at eight. Two more games left. If they win both these games, they get the over. So I just need one more loss to hit my under. So I'm staying away from betting the Dolphins. I do think plus three is the right bet for the Dolphins against the Patriots. However, (laughs) I will be rooting for the Patriots to win and the Dolphins to cover the plus three. So it's a very, very small little scale window that I have here. But if the Dolphins do win against the Patriots this week, I'm just going to be hoping for a loss against the Jets next week. The Dolphins just need to lose one more
1: game. I'd and say without
0: Tua, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better about the under nine and a half wins, but they just need to lose one more out of the next two. I'd
1: say bet under, or I'd say you bet the Dolphins plus three and just hope the Patriots win by one or two. Yep, I think that's, that's, that's it's such
0: a tiny window, but you know you can have two things or, go or right. In that scenario or just pass by three
1: and you push the bet, but you have that you know yeah. you, you don't lose you don't lose either. So or that's you, true, You only win one or whatever. So. I um, could I could bet
0: the Pats money line they win and then the Dolphins could lose next week and I could win both.
1: Yeah, and really, it's, really. bets bets. It's there. fun this time of year trying to uh, <laughs> put yourself in position to win multiple bets from bets you made back in in August.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So you've got three more bets. So let's let's start going down your list. You have uh, you have the Browns
1: as something. Browns plus two. I feel like I talk about this team all the time on the show. You do. Um, you love the Browns mostly when they're underdogs and they're playing the Commanders. We're making a quarterback change. It's yep. Taylor Heineke, who went 5-3-1 and one as a starter, but he did not win his last three games. There was a tie and two losses. So I do understand the move going back to Carson Wentz, a more talented player, but also a player who turns the ball over a lot, makes mistakes, doesn't really have good team chemistry with some of these receivers like Terry McLaurin. Yep. Um, he really struggled in the first six games this season. So even before his injury, he wasn't playing well, and I know he's been healthy for a bit and uh, Heineke just kind of took the job from him because they were winning games, and now they're back in a, a playoff position and still control their own fate, but I just don't think Wentz is, is enough of an upgrade, and I think this line really should be be a pick against a Cleveland Browns team that got eliminated from the playoffs last week, but I still think they're playing for a lot. They don't have their first-round pick because that was part of the Deshaun Watson trade, but also their offense is trying to Kind of figure some out stuff out next year with Watson, who's started four games, hasn't lived up to expectations. But the last two games, I wouldn't put too much weight into that. Those were really bad weather games. That Saturday, yep. two last two Saturdays, one against the Ravens, and then last week was against the against the Saints, and we we made a lot of. Uh, we talked a lot about the weather in that game on Thursday show so i wouldn't put too much stock into watson's stats because there's going to be this going to be a normal weather game compared to what he's been playing in where yeah. the weather just isn't miserable and there isn't high winds so i think watson actually shows some improvement and continues to improve week over week and and now he has a kind of a good spot where he can kind of show out and and put up some big stats so i was hoping to get rounds plus 3 it's Probably not going to get there, and if it did, it's probably because of some injury or something. So Browns two and a half, to one and a half. Money I think anything line. underdog, yeah, money line at, at plus money. Uh, Cleveland Browns are the way I'm going. I think the uh, the Commanders uh, slide continues, and they uh, don't end up making the playoffs in the NFC.
0: I'm I'm always happy betting against Carson Wentz, so I, I'm I'm always happy to do that. So I do kind of like that Browns play for sure. My last NFL play for you, Nate, uh, it's a gross one. It's a stinky one. It's one you're not going to feel good about betting. But I like it. I like the number, and it's Broncos plus 12 and a half. Um, so Nathaniel Hackett's gone, and I think this is going to be the classic case of a team losing just a terrible, hostile, much-hated head coach. And they're going to be free. They're going to be free to do whatever. They're going to have an interim head coach, I'm sure, hopefully can open up the playbook a little bit. It just it cannot get worse than Nathaniel Hackett. So I'm going to think the Broncos have a slight bounce back. Now, are they going to beat the Chiefs? No, I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I'm not going to take the Broncos' money line. But we do know that the Broncos' defense is is good. It's a serviceable defense, and I think the Broncos will be able to keep it close because of this defense. We know how bad Patrick Mahomes can be as a double-digit favorite. Um, which is to say, he's not very good as a double-digit favorite. He's under 500. His record against the spread is under 500 as a double-digit favorite. I just think this is this is a team no one's going to be looking to bet. This is going to be a team no one's paying attention to. Fire their head coach. It's going to be a different team. Take the Broncos and the points
1: yeah I, I don't know if i can get behind you here i do like the idea of fade or betting on a team after they fire their head coach but something different about the broncos and how this went they're just bad i think there's just when you see like fighting on the sideline i mm-hmm. think it's more than the head coach and i think these players just want the get, season get uh, done i think it's a little different when you like fire a coach mid-season knowing maybe you still have something to play for or trying to impress the you know people for next year the, the GM right but I feel like this situation is just something where like I don't I'm not gonna talk you out of the play but I just don't want part of this Broncos team especially against a Chiefs team that's still playing for the number one seed in the AFC so obviously I don't think we can win without covering I'm just worried that the Chiefs really <clears throat> put a number on the Broncos a team that is one of their big AFC West rivals
0: yeah it's uh it's not a bet I feel happy about but I think I'm going to try to get the Broncos as a double-digit underdog against Patty Mahomes. See how it goes. Maybe it's wait, not going to be a big play. So but I, I I a 13. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping
0: that by Sunday maybe the Chiefs do I'll get some more money the, because, the again, like now. they're the Chiefs. So I'm expecting maybe some money on them. Yeah, I hope. think
1: 12.5 is still the number. It yeah. was 13 earlier this week and got bet down, so maybe – I don't know. I, there's so Bronco's many Bronco's a bit of a sexy pick there's on so the many, There's so many games this week. And check my article out, watchstame.com, where I kind of laid out a lot of the playoff scenarios to yeah. so maybe help you make bets or avoid games. And I think there's just so many games you want to avoid, not knowing the motivation you're going to get from some of these teams. Some teams are fighting for the playoffs. Some teams are in the playoffs, but maybe not totally engaged, knowing that they can't really improve their seeding. And then there's teams that – have nothing to play for. So it's kind of a, a, t- a time of year where you're probably going to be betting less just because of the scenarios. Right. But it's pretty easy kind of just to write off certain games uh, knowing that you're not sure what you're going to get. So you got two more teams. Yeah, so here are my two favorite bets of the NFL Ooh. week. Not best bet Not territory? best bets because the line has okay. moved a little bit. and uh, yeah. But it's, it's bets that I will maybe – put more money on um, as we get closer to the weekend depending on the line movement. So, yeah, right. first one, Jets it's minus one and a half right now against the Seahawks. I just think the the difference between Mike White and Zach Wilson is actually pretty big. It's something pretty good. I can't believe I'm saying. I mean Zach Wilson's awful. But He's yeah, not an NFL I mean, quarterback. So there's that there's Zach Wilson being awful. And I also th- you know, just the turnovers and just yeah. the lack of confidence. We saw it last week against the the Jaguars on that Thursday night in bad weather where he was Absolutely miserable. So you bring back Mike White, missed the last two weeks, uh, two games with the uh, broken ribs, I think. Doctors wouldn't clear him even though he was, you know, raring to go. Now the Jets, there's kind of playoff scenarios in front of them where you win these two games, you hope the Patriots lose a game, and and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. So I I do think because the Jets, even though they lost, other teams lost, and now they kind of have a path to make the postseason. So that's, you know, a positive for the Jets, obviously, obviously you have to win this game. But I also like that Mike White's in because the team kind of has shown to rally around him, and clearly that's not the case they like with him. Wilson. So, yeah, right. Um, there's many reasons why it's not the case, but, uh, you know, we won't have to go too far into that. But <laughs> I do like the Jets here. Um, I would say as long as you can get minus 2.5 or better, you're probably going to get a better number. If Tyler Lockett is in for the Seahawks, That you might be able to get like a – pick pick 'em or a minus one so I would just take the shortest Jets money line you can find before this game I, I really you know the Seahawks were you know one of the stories of the season with Geno Smith but right the way they've played since the bye week I think that they've kind of reverted back to what we thought of them before the year so Seahawks are a team that still can make the playoffs. so they'll probably give their best effort but I, I really like the Jets and kind of the matchup of their defense, who's played really stoutly and are going to be a little bit more motivated this week with Mike White back in the fold.
0: You have one more play for NFL weekend.
1: Yep. It's
0: the Green Bay Packers Yep, who amazingly are right there in the playoff mix. What do you like about them?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a play on Green Bay, but it's mostly a play on Minnesota, a okay. team that I've been trying to find ways to fade since they kind of went over the uh, the win total of eight and a half, that yeah, was, right I was hoping they'd get to, and they they did. They are twelve and three Packers have a losing record. But I think anyone who makes numbers and the the betting market itself would indicate that Green Bay right now is a better team. Um, the Vikings just last week's game just kind of sums up their season where they get out gained pretty severely on a yards per play basis, a net one point seven yards per play. They kick a game-winning 61-yard field goal uh, to beat the Giants by three, not cover. But just winning those games, it can't it can't be sustainable. It's just It won't happen no. week after week. And if they had trouble stopping Daniel Jones and, and Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, I think they're going to have trouble stopping this Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay offense. The Vikings defense is a mess right now. On the other side, I think there's a path for the Vikings to score a little bit in this game, especially because the weather isn't too bad for Green Bay this time of year. But keep in mind, this is the first game Minnesota is playing outdoors since Week 10 when they played in Buffalo. Five of their last six games have been at home. Mm -hmm. They had the one road game at Ford Field. So even though the weather isn't terrible, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system for the Vikings after playing the last six games in perfect conditions having to play at least in chilly weather in a in a late afternoon game in Green Bay where it's going to be dark at the second half and maybe a little cooler. So I like those factors for the Packers along with the Packers all of a sudden being really motivated because they're right in the playoff race. Yeah. With all those NFC teams losing the last few weeks, the Packers have a really nice setup after being the Dolphins where they just have to beat the Vikings. They have to beat the Lions in week 18, but both games are at home. So if they beat those two teams, then they have a real shot at making the playoffs. So at minus three or better, I like the Packers. There's a lot of three-and-a-halves right now. I would wait until you get a three. I think there might be enough interest in some of the people who just kind of bet numbers to maybe bet Minnesota plus three-and-a-half, and and you can get a, a Packers minus three, hopefully like minus 120 on the juice by game day on Sunday. So Packers hopefully get minus three. Minus 120 is fine. Um, that's one of my favorite looks this week, along with the Jets.
0: There you go. Browns, Dolphins, Jets, Packers. We both like the Dolphins, and uh, I like the Broncos. Plus 12.5, you can get a plus 13, love that even more.
1: And Ohio State and Mississippi State <laughs> with, a, with a national title future on Ohio State. It might look really stupid by the time we talk next week. I also might be sitting on an amazing ticket with Ohio State as a favorite in the national title game.
0: Ooh, I love it. All right, those are our picks. Uh, Appreciate the rating, review, subscribe, let us know what you think, let us know what uh, other bets you want to see, leave some comments. You can follow us on our individual Twitters. You can follow us on Stadium Bets. Happy New Year to everybody. The next time we talk to you, it'll be 2023. We're going to be talking about a national championship game. We're going to be talking college basketball bets coming up soon now that we're turning the calendar year. It's an exciting time. I'm really excited. Have a a happy, a healthy, and a safe new year, and we'll see you on the other side.